I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app. You can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code PROGRAM. The following program is brought to you by your friends at Podcast One. Don't forget to download our new Podcast One app. Napa know-how. This month, Napa's got all kinds of motor oil deals that can save you some serious cash. Like a five-quart jug of Napa full synthetic motor oil for just $16.49. With savings like that, you may start feeling like a VIP. But don't let it go to your head. These oil deals are for everyone. Quality parts, helpful people. That's Napa know-how. Napa know-how. General states pricing. Sales prices not include applicable state local taxes or recycling fees. Offer ends 831.20. When was the last time you thought about your batteries? I mean, that's what they do, right? Stay unnoticed, unseen, shoved in a battery compartment, and click, your stuff works. But you're going to be thinking about this one. Duracell Optimum, the battery that can make your devices work even better than Copper Top. Toothbrushes, faster. Screwdrivers, faster. RC cars, yeah. An upgrade without upgrading. So just this one time, do you and your devices a favor and upgrade to the power of Duracell Optimum. ProWrestlingSheet.com Hello everybody and welcome to Collider Body Slam Smackdown Recap. I know normally uh, it's not me who's hosting it, who's doing these intros. Normally I'm here with John Roca, but John Roca's out of the office today. He's uh, he's off getting some kind of minor surgery, I believe. He's going to be okay. Alright. I, I don't think it's anything major. Uh, but in his absence... I was able to squeeze in an appearance for my wrestling sheet radio co-host Elijah Bates. Pleasure to be here. And it's nice because you know, you know, um, normally on wrestling sheet radio we only talk about the news. We talk about all the popular news stories, Mm -hmm. you know, the biggest stories of the week, which comes out every Friday. For those of you who maybe don't listen to that, uh, it's myself, Eli, and Jamie Iovine, and you know, we talk about the biggest stories of the week, but we don't often, uh, you know, pick apart. Each part of a show nope. or anything like that, nope. recaps. Uh, that was a new thing that we added once we came here to Collider, which is something I, wa- I had wanted to do, um, but I wanted to do it on video and all that kind of stuff. I'm looking so. forward to seeing how bad I am at it. So <laughs> no, prepare yourself. <laughs> you're going to be just fine. Uh, yeah, I, I, I'm very. I'm in a good mood right now because I last night I was I was in the shopping spree mode and I was like trying to buy some new shirts and I bought 
they're they're that WWE custom tees site. Yeah, they they got really cool designs on there that are some of the old school designs that they've re released. Yeah, um, and the one of the ones that I got last night was the old school Outsiders shirt. Okay, which I don't really see being oh, sold very yeah. often. Where it just yeah, has the Outsiders on it. Wait, is, that's not the one that has the picture of Holland Nash on it. Though. No, the black okay. black yeah, shirt. Yeah, I know it's when white you're writing about. that says the Outsiders, like the OG one with the little NWO logo yeah. next to it. Uh, so I bought that one, and then. I was like, well, Erica, my girlfriend, wants more wrestling shirts, but but she likes tank tops, and the yeah. tank tops that well, you always sold are the ones that she doesn't like. I and, wonder, why is that? Well, I, I well now they've changed it. They fixed it. The custom ah. the custom tee site sells uh, racerback tees, whatever okay. whatever that. I think that's what most girls wear, apparently, according to my girlfriend. And so uh, I, I got her an Elias what is, one. What does racerback mean? Is that like? It's got the back cut out, kind of like I Hulk Hogan so. I shirt think so. was. Yeah, I think so. Re- oh, cool. And the more like cut outy, as yeah. opposed to like straight up, yeah. like, like the just... frayed edge cut outy. I believe so. Yes. I know we're using all the proper terminology. <laughs> you're welcome. Fashionistas over here. Yeah. Uh, but so so for uh, so I got her one, but then I just I clicked it. Not even like I clicked it, ordered it, and then this morning when I was like awake and it wasn't you know 12 30 at night when i was just randomly shopping on my phone at 12 30 at night for some reason i realized i did the wrong size i like just oh. clicked i just clicked small not thinking about it and then yeah. i hit herbs oh, i need like a medium and i was like crap didn't think about it so i emailed i had to email the custom tees site yeah they got back to me just now nice. very quickly they said all good swapped it out got the new size in so uh not in the doghouse not in the doghouse exactly my, i thought my present was going to be ruined i was like man i got this cool present and i fucked it up yeah. damn it okay speaking of couples smackdown live yeah kicked off with ms tv uh kicked off with ms coming out now before they got into all the ms tv and the marie's talk, marie's talk uh, or marie's interview first Miz announced that uh, at the that the winner of his match against Daniel Bryan at Super Showdown gets a WWE title opportunity. That's a pretty big deal. A very big deal. Now, I I was talking about on Twitter last night, and I, I, I had said previously on our SmackDown recap shows that I really hope that Miz is the one to dethrone AJ Styles and then goes on to you know hold the title for a little bit, and Daniel Bryan wins the Royal Rumble, and we finally get yeah. Daniel Bryan winning the Rumble, and then we also get Daniel Bryan winning the world title again at WrestleMania over The Miz. You also get Daniel Bryan getting some a different kind of momentum than that he seems to have right now, too. Like, I mean, I... Um, I, I I, I agree with you. I think that it actually would be the best possible outcome is is Miz winning the match. I don't think that Brian necessarily had Danny Bryan has necessarily like the the positive heat that he that he should the at positive this point. like momentum. You mean? Yeah, you know, like I, I yeah, like I just I feel like um, I don't know. There's something about you know like whenever you have their significant others involved in everything, where there's a little bit of attention that's taken off, and they're trying to like you know give attention to his wife, and I understand it too. They're trying to make sure that that uh, that that she kind of gets her momentum as well. Well, but they, in some form of fashion, there's a lot of like Daniel Bryan's return that has kind of felt like this. They, I don't know, they just haven't really given him necessarily the speed that he needs to like kind of catch back up with that that uh, that that echelon that he had reached before his injury. See, I I feel like with um, you know with this Miz feud, he's finally getting back there. I, I agree with you. Like the the you know everything with the uh, with Big Cass yeah. with the Bludgeon Brothers. Um, I just wasn't feeling it. Uh, I didn't care about Team Hell No coming back. But once he's gotten back into Miz mode yeah. and they're they're you know rehashing the this long rivalry that they've had and you know going towards a match that we didn't think was going to happen, even though now we've seen them wrestle against each other, I feel like the fact that Miz keeps getting the, the upper hand over Daniel Bryan is kind of putting him back in that underdog yeah. role a little bit and. I do feel like it is bringing heat to this feud because you're like, man, I really want to see Daniel Bryan get his comeuppance. And if he gets that comeuppance finally and also wins a world title at the same time at Mania, I feel like it'll make it all feel worth it again. I also feel like, it, you know, just if they can go in that direction, then there's more there's more biting, you know, like feelings that he can press on to Daniel Bryan too, just to where, you know, like him winning the title would be a feel good moment no matter what. 
um, him feeling winning the title after being antagonized by the Miz, who was the champion at the time, provides a lot more inspirato for people to really want him to to win, though. Too as of right now, if he won, it would just be a, a, like a momentary placation of 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 what the fans want. But I don't think it would necessarily provide like a long term you know rollout for Daniel Bryan. Well, when I talked about this on social media on Twitter, I. Uh... You know, I pose the same kind of thing. This, similarly laid this out since I'm not sure everyone that follows me listens to this. So I wanted to kind of get it out. I just wanted to see what people thought about it. And um, someone who follows me, named, who I'm a fan of following on Twitter, uh, his name is Ben Axelrod. Yeah. He replied to me saying that he likes that. But he also kind of interjected with he thinks to kind of, I think for the same thing you're feeling to kind of get uh, some of that momentum back that, yeah. that, I, that some people feel like he's missing. He suggested – that uh, Daniel, you know, they separate a little bit. So, 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 Miz wins this Super Showdown match, uh, goes on to feud with AJ until he eventually yeah. defeats AJ for the title. Uh, in the meantime, Daniel Bryan then goes on uh, a streak of like having to find his his uh, momentum back, like having yeah. to find that inner old school American dragon in him, you know, yeah. and then goes on a streak where we finally get to see him have actual, like, dope competitive matches with guys like Samoa Joe, guys like Shinsuke Nakamura, um, you know, stuff like that, where yeah. we can see a bunch of those matches until finally and, it leads to the Royal Rumble where he wins that. He know. needs that, because the only momentum that he still has right now, and you can kind of feel it in the crowd response to him, too, like, the crowd is always happy to chant yes, um, and throw their arms in the air and everything like that, but he... Uh, I, I don't know, like you know, like when he uh, at WrestleMania 30 when he won the title in the main event of WrestleMania, um, obviously, um, he uh, I, he had he had won a lot. There, there was a lot of build to that and everything right at that point in time, and just right. Well, right, wasn't he actually losing a lot at well, that time? It, it wasn't so much about like the losing though, but it was about like building towards that direction. Yes, in a lot of ways, I just feel like because they haven't done anything with him. Even last night, you know, when I was watching, there were parts of me where I was just like. Doesn't Daniel Bryan hate the Miz? Like what? Like why is he like just coddling Maurice on the so, ground? So okay, right so now? let's get to that part. So then, uh, so after they talked about the WWE title opportunity, um, he Miz acted like he had some big guest that was going to be on the show, which was Maurice, and she comes out um, and says that this is going to be her last appearance on SmackDown for a while. She's going back home to be a mom. Uh, bummer, but makes sense. Yeah. You know, obviously they've got a kid and stuff. It was nice having her back for a little bit, but it, it, like she's like they've said repeatedly on TV, it was only a few months ago, like five yeah. months ago when they had a kid. So completely makes sense. It's much different than even Dana Bryan and Bree because that one's I think been a almost a year. Yeah, now, it's been almost. a while. Um, so then Miz calls out Daniel. Daniel comes out. Fight ensues. Uh, Maurice gets hit. In the ensuing chaos, uh, Daniel acts nervous. Uh, he's in there. He's he's in there like he's got this like oh, oh, look on his face. Yeah. Uh, stretchers brought out. You know he comes in like he's helping, and they're like, "No, get get back, get back." You know, um, like seriously, like get back. Let get, the professionals do their job. I mean, if I was in that scenario in real life, I could see I would be a little nervous and go in there and do the same thing. Yeah, but. Wouldn't he like be like Miz? I'm sorry. Like, yeah, I did. <laughs> like he's only apologizing to Maurice, but it was like, yeah, but you know, you kind of forced this guy to hit his own wife and everything like that. Wouldn't he be like, that was not my intention? Yeah, I did think that if he he didn't play that up enough, where I, where you would think you'd be like, I'm so sorry, but instead he just sat there in this like I just confusion <laughs> hole. Like you know when you used to watch, you know, there's like that gif of from Clarissa explains it all, where she's just like. Like endlessly, you know what I'm talking about. That that's like what Daniel Bryan looked like when he was in the ring. I just like people want to see Daniel Bryan wrestle, and I I feel like, and I understand that there's other things that have to come along with pro wrestling other than the wrestling. But there's moments where it's just like, come on, don't make Daniel Bryan act concerned. Like <laughs> he's he, like he hates Maurice. It's like, come on. Well, but. And but it, also, you can't have your good guy out there acting like he's happy that he just had a woman get hit. I mean, they did it in the Attitude Era. Yeah, it's funny. I, I got tagged by someone who who uh, someone here in the office who doesn't doesn't still watch wrestling, but it was a clip of uh, Stacy Keebler getting the stunner from Stone Cold Steve Austin back in the day. Yeah, well, I don't. I, mean, I, I was saying that tongue in cheek. I don't necessarily support. 
the uh, the treatment of women as it happened in the Attitude Era. Well, I mean, you know, there is that argument for intergender wrestling. I mean, a lot of people are into it. A lot of people aren't into it. Yeah. Uh, I honestly, I see the arguments on both sides. I, I don't think we're quite there yet. Like, in terms of there being more of a societal acceptance of it and everything like that, but that's just my thing. Is it believable for you? What? Yeah. Like, what? In, intergender wrestling? You're not, in- not every single person, you know, like, I mean, but, but yeah, and, you know, I've long since said on our own show and everything, I think, like, the next humongous Andre the Giant versus Hulk Hogan-style WrestleMania moment will probably, like, something of that magnitude, I can only see it being a man versus a woman at WrestleMania. Interesting. I don't think that that's going to happen in the next 10 years, but I do think that a lot can happen in 10 years. A lot has happened in three or four years in the mm-hmm. WWE, so... It is something I could see them getting to eventually. I mean, they did it in the past, obviously, with China. She was a, a rarity in that case, and they haven't really done it since then. But it happens on the indies all the time. For sure, for sure. Um, I just think that there's, you know, less of a magnifying glass on those indies. Totally. Even on Lucha, you know, like whenever whenever it happens and so or whenever there's a moment like that. And so, like, I just think it's not quite there yet, but I do think that that is something that's going to come one day, and I think that it's going to be huge when it does. Interesting. So, okay, so then we see that... Uh, as Daniel's acting all, Clarissa explains it all, uh, Maurice gives this look to the camera, uh, look to Daniel showing that she's evil, uh, and this was all tricky. It was funny, too. You know, I I didn't like the camera angle, though, too, because, like, the ref, I think it was the ref's shoulder, the rope was kind of blocking Maurice's. The rope was. And I was just looking at it, I was like, I know she's making that face because I know wrestling well enough, but if somebody was just watching this, they might just be like, wait, why did she stand up? Because they wouldn't be able to see her face yeah. and be like, wait, what's going on here? Yeah, was, uh, my, my favorite part of watching this was my live viewing experience. I know I already mentioned Erica once here, but it cracked me up watching this because I was watching this with her. And as all was going, she was having the exact same reaction as you. She just she just kept saying, why would you trust her? Yeah. Don't trust Maurice. Yeah. She's evil. Yeah. Don't trust Maurice. Don't trust her. And then, of course, we see, uh, you know, it was all a trick. Miz comes running in, goes to hit him. Daniel Bryan outsmarts them, hits Miz. They leave. Uh, you know, I he, also he, thought, because, like, I feel like Miz asked somebody for a bottle of water off to the side. And I was like, is he going to spit the water in his face? And did the bottle of water even come into play? No, and I thought the same thing when I he was like, doing that. I was like, is he going to hit him in the head with a bottle of water? Because that looks like a soft, small <laughs> bottle of water. I just felt like, in general, he could have hit him way sooner if yeah. you're, like, setting that up, like... <laughs> There were many opportunities where Daniel definitely appeared to be very open and, and able to hit yeah, from behind. Also, like, I understand the importance and the impact of one's finisher, but, like, hey, you can't do the skull-crushing finale when he's standing right over your wife. Like, German suplex the guy. Yeah, I, I felt the Back exact suplex. same way while watching it. I was like, this was not a well-thought-out uh, plan to beat up Daniel Bryan. No, and you know what? I think that sometimes, like, they must in, in the back just be like, okay, it's going to be one of those... Classic fake beatdown situations and like just wing it. You guys are pros, just wing it. And I felt like it was a, a wing it opportunity that did not necessarily go as smoothly as it could. That having been said, obviously I, I like the idea of 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 taking the women out of that equation now since they've already been a part of it and allowing the two of them to actually you know Miz and Daniel Bryan to do some real work together. Um, I, I think that adding that stipulation to the match definitely incentivizes watching and sitting through Super Showdown. And I don't mean to say that like it's a laborious process, but we know how long and exhaustive these events can go, and we know how how showy they can be too at the same time. So I do like there being actual stakes. Um, I feel like there's a, you know it, that that it's it's great to build into that because otherwise it kind of just feels like a lot of rematches shoehorned onto the card. Yeah, uh, no, I I completely agree with you. I think that it it, it lets. Brie go back to Raw, deal with her Bell Twins Ronda thing because they have to hype up that for Super Showdown, yeah. anyways. Um, so yeah, I, I completely agree with you. I think that it it kind of moves us away from the the you know husband and wife storyline thing they've been doing and and lets us get back to yeah. the core of the wrestling, which is, I think what people like SmackDown yeah. most for. Um, also, I should mention that I did see I, I don't before everyone like calls me out. I saw the interview Daniel Bryan did afterwards. Basically, Daniel Bryan said in the interview. Uh, right after the segment, that it was all a trick on his part, too. That's why he was uh, acting concerned for Maurice. But watching it was still confusing. Like, you didn't really uh, get that. You know, that's like, 
That's like making it a necessity to to watch all like the uh, the post credit sequences in a Marvel film. It's just like, hey, if you don't sit through those, you shouldn't be like held accountable for the. Well, it was a regular that. promo. It wasn't one that was on YouTube. It was. Oh, never the, mind. It was on the show. It was. It was part of the show. I thought you said it was like something. No, no, no. It was like the next segment after they came back from commercial. Daniel was like, I knew what they were doing. Like I had, I knew that they were setting me up. Like yeah, that's still, why. Still, still, still it still feels, looks a little. Still weird. feels very post credits sequence to me. <laughs> um, I knew it all along. So then, okay, so then New Day, we see them, they're, uh, they're in Australian clothes, <laughs> they got the safari clothes on, uh, and they're, they're, I loved this part where Big E gets called out for having the terrible Australian accent, and then, or by, by Kofi Kingston, yeah. who then, like, gets a curious look from the rest of the group because of his uh, former Jamaican accent yeah. days. Yeah. Thought that was great. I always like when they pay off. Uh, you know, reward a longtime viewer who I got also, that joke. They feel they they love bringing that back up. That <laughs> they really the do. Yeah, it's a, it's it's a classic moment when, yeah. when when he finally got that switch over, and you're like, hey, what happened to your accent? What happened? <laughs> um, so then next was Cesaro versus Kofi Kingston, and uh, Cesaro he focused mostly the you know most of the match on uh, beating up Kofi's lower body, mm-hmm. and ultimately picked up the win with the neutralizer. It wasn't a bad match by any means, but it also wasn't anything that I like. You know, you have to go out of your way no, to see. No, you know, like sometimes there's those matches. I feel like on on Raw and on SmackDown, just so like we're, they're 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 clearly taking two people who are great, who have had great matches together, and just putting them back out there because they need to fill time. Yep. And and obviously the, the you know it serves a pseudo purposes of building you know, obviously towards you know um, tag team match at some point in the future and everything. Um, but uh, but yeah, I mean it was it was nothing it was nothing special. There's nothing awful, you know? No, that's but, how I did when I watched it. I was like, there's literally – I don't think there's a chance that you could put Kofi Kingston and Cesaro in the ring and they have a bad match. No, no. I mean, they are literally two of the most capable guys in the company that you can rely on to go out there, fill time, and entertainingly fill time. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I, I liked it, but it wasn't – they didn't like – you know, they weren't given – you know, stage to go put on a yeah. twenty minute barn burner or anything like that. You know, like at a certain point, you know, somebody. I'm trying to think of like the right people in terms of people who aren't passed away. But I was going to reference, you know, on WCW Saturday Night back in the day, they would fill up time and they would have people like Jericho versus Eddie Guerrero. You know, like I mean, there would be matches like that that took place on a regular basis. That would happen on Nitro and on and on Thunder. Dude, as oh, well. oh, it's no, there are those a lot of those on Saturday Night. I follow this uh, playlist. Not, I don't. I should call them out. I don't know. I get scared that I'm going to, like, call it out, and then they're going to get one of those notices. Like, like a take down thing, you know? But, uh, but Monsoon Classic is my favorite yeah. YouTube channel. I watch it every night. Um, I, I go on their, their YouTube channel, and, and, and they have all the old Saturday nights, Thunder, yeah. all these, like, weird WCW shows that I, I, I didn't even know existed. Yeah. Same for WWF. Um, and Saturday Night is always my favorite one to click on because – and Thunder, because there are so many random-ass yeah. matches like that that you'll be like, wait, those two people wrestled each other? Like, I'll see, if I recall, like, once I saw, like, a Jushin Liger versus Ric Flair on yeah. there, like, yeah. Macho Man versus... You would see a lot of, like... Brian you, Pillman the, or something the, like, like that. You know, Saturday Night, I think, you know, WCW Saturday Night, in a lot of ways, you know, it, it was their flagship show for the longest period of time in WCW, and, and then even whenever it wasn't, whenever Nitro came out and Thunder came out, there were still... So two hours that they had to fill, and I loved it. I loved it so much. And to that regard, you know, like I, you know, I, I don't mean that as an insult to compare, you know, Kofi Kingston versus Cesaro as a WCW Saturday Night match. No, but I, I, as someone who watches WCW Saturday Night pretty much every night before bed, I completely <laughs> understand what you're saying because it really is like the work rate, guys. Like a yeah. lot of times, I watch. Um, like a Brian Pillman versus Scott Armstrong, and I'm mm-hmm. like, uh, we're not Scott Armstrong. Wait. Uh, what's the what's the Brian other? Armstrong? Brian Armstrong, because um, he's on there a lot, <laughs> and, and it's like Brian Armstrong versus like a Pillman or something like that, and they're like really good matches, and yeah. you go like, man, these guys were killing it out there, uh, and, and you know, uh, see that's funny to me because I didn't realize. So when okay, so when like I'm looking at this channel. I'm trying to pull up when the most recent playlist they have of Saturday Night. To but. be fair, too, WCW Saturday Night also had its fair share of 
the gambler versus roadblock and okay, matches that, of that variety. But to be honest with you, that's why I put it on before I go to yeah. sleep because it's like such like a weird mishmash of like all those things. I do like that roadblock would carry a literal roadblock to the ring with himself. Um, like sure. that's living your gimmick right there. Okay, so like here I am. Okay, so if I'm at Sat- okay, so if I'm at Saturday night, 1993, is Nitro on there? No, no, no. Nitro didn't come on the air until 1995. So this was their flagship it show was, prior WC- to Nitro. WCW Saturday. That's why Dusty Rhodes was like, "It's a mothership, baby." Um, you know, I could, sorry, I do a really horrible Dusty Rhodes. Um, but uh, but that's why it was it was their main show, it was their dominant show. In addition to that, they had like the WCW Pro, and I believe they had a couple other, you know, like uh, obscure shows here and there. But but Saturday Night was their main show, and they still would talk about it even up until his demise as like one of their what? most important shows. When do you remember when Saturday Night went away finally? No, I think it, I believe that was like near the end of WCW. Yeah, it, right? it was close to the end, and I believe it was before. I can't recall specifically. There's part of me that feels like it, it went away at the end of 2000. Um, Jimmy Hart, I believe, was the lead booker for it during its last few years, um, during its last year in particular. And I can recall watching it back in those days and thinking, like, this feels like its own universe, kind of. Totally. And, and it was because at that point, no primary stars were, were going to Saturday Night. Yeah, it, when it, I watched the later years ones, it's interesting because it's like – Nitro's happening and they've got like NWO guys on there, but it doesn't feel like you're watching like a part of canon. It feels like you're watching a Saturday morning it, it show. Was, it was, ve- yeah, it was very, very, very rare. Like, especially when the NWO came around, I remember on it, they would do like those the following announcement has been paid for by the New World Order ads, but occasionally like an NWO guy would show up there. So, so I pulled up just the most recent ones from 93, and you're like, just to give an example, because I think you're right here, you know, it's like. Uh, Ricky Steamboat versus Barry Windham. Too Cold Scorpio versus Barry Windham. Dusty Rhodes versus Ricky Steamboat. Too Cold, Too Cold Scorpio and Brad Armstrong. Dude, Too Cold Scorpio. I can like I moved to Florida when I was young, and I remember. Uh, when I was like nine years old, it was 1992 at the time, and I remember talking because when I moved to Florida, everybody was into WCW way more than WWF at the time, and people, I remember everybody in my elementary school class when I moved there, they all knew who Two Cold Scorpio was. Really, I, I'd never even heard of him before because I was a WWF diehard. Yeah, and rarely ever even seen WCW, but it doesn't surprise me to see him on there though, just because of all the ways that they talked about Two Cold Scorpio. When Big, I watched, Big Man Vader, Ron Simmons, etc. Like, they all knew who these people were. I had no clue. When I watch Two Cold Scorpio on there, I say to myself, like, man, I'm – and I know Two Cold Scorpio is a legend of the industry. Yeah. And I know that he, you know, he had a ton of success in wrestling. But when I watch those early, like, 90s WCW matches with Two Cold Scorpio, like, at night, I watch them thinking, like, how was this guy not – the biggest wrestler on the planet at the time. Like, he it, was doing stuff that was just so revolutionary. Well, that was the thing, the is nobody else was doing stuff like him. Like, people like him either got held down or got treated, you know, similar to, like, when you hear a legend even talking nowadays about, like, oh, you gotta slow things down, and da 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 And it's just like, no, I mean, Too Cold Scorpio didn't subscribe to that belief. If anything, if he had been a wrestler of this era, he probably would have found a huge amount of success. That's honestly what I think when I watch them. I go like him and Brian Armstrong are the yeah. two. When I watch it, I go, man, like if these guys had come up in this era, they would be the biggest thing and, in wrestling. And, you know, and the problem is that even whenever Too Cold Scorpio got to WWF, it was kind of at the tail end of like that real bad gimmick era of WWF. Too, oh, yeah, so. well, yeah, Flash Funk. I had great hopes for Flash Funk because everybody had been churching up and talking about how great Too Cold Scorpio was. And then I saw him come around and I was like, they are not letting this guy go like he can. Uh, Okay, so next up is uh, there was the Rusev Day backstage segment. Now, Rusev Day was a big part of this episode. Yeah, it was a huge part. Big part, yeah. Big, big part. So it starts off with Rusev telling Aiden that uh, he doesn't want him ringside for his match tonight, last night, against Shinsuke Nakamura. Um, said because of his performance on Sunday, uh, Rusev said if if that was his you know if that was your best performance then it wasn't good enough. Yeah. Uh, then Lana and Rusev kind of walk out of frame, and Aiden English finally blows up at random backstage production person about how Rusev Day's success was all his, and that everything was Lana's fault. Uh, if any if anyone's fault, it was Lana's fault. I uh, said he should have been more of a manager. And less of a wife, and they turned around, turned around to find Lana behind him, who said she was going to go tell Rusev. He pleaded with her to not tell Rusev, and she storms off. So uh, we'll, we're going to put a pin in that because I feel like once we get to the end of this ep- later in this episode, we'll have more to talk about with with uh, that the payoff. segment, the payoff to that. Uh, but in the me- in the midst of that was a segment with Randy Orton, 
Randy Orton's in the production truck. This was a super weird segment, in my opinion. Uh, he's, like, creeping over this dude in the production truck, forcing him <laughs> to pull up footage of him sticking the screwdriver through Jeff Hardy's ear and twisting it. Yeah. One, I like that. I think it's funny. Not I like. I think it's funny. Jeff Hardy's, you know, big spot at the end of Hell in a Cell was kind of, like, so weak-looking, and they didn't go with that. Yeah. They went with... Well, I mean, Randy, Randy Orton sticking a screwdriver in a hole. Well, I think that they realized, like, Randy Orton got off that table a little too quickly. Very much so. I mean, uh, apparently Jeff Hardy's, like, uh, got stalled vision. Maybe it's like there's a buffering thing inside of his head. That which, one was, which one looked less cool to you? The Jeff Hardy spot or the Dolph Ziggler Seth Rollins thing. I think the Jeff Hardy spot. Looks I, cooler to you? I, no, no, no. Looked I, worse I, to you. Looked worse to me. Interesting, okay. I guess I, I've i seen Jeff Hardy do a lot of crazy stuff. <laughs> I've true. I, I've seen him hang off of things and fall off of things and fall through things and fall down a lot. And I just feel like there's nothing really – like, I mean, it's one thing to see, you know, a Braun Strowman, like, choke slam Kevin Owens or, you know, off the top of a cage or something along those lines because I haven't necessarily seen that before. But just what Jeff Hardy was doing, I was kind of just like, meh, unimpressive. But the ear thing, though. <laughs> you watched it just went, eh, unimpressive. Well, I you, – No, no. I, I, I'm not making it funny for it. I just picture you watching it and saying that rather than like, hmm, Well, it's one of those things where, you know, when you know Jeff Hardy's going to be just like – and even he was talking up like yeah. what he was going to do and he everything He was hyping like it that. up. And, I, and, and short of a swanton off the top of the cage onto a table, there's not really much that he could do that would be, like, what you'd expect. So anything – it, it, it was almost like after McFoley, you know, went off the top of the cell. And any time that he didn't go off the top of the cell, he went off the side of it through a table. You're like, yeah, yeah, you, you can get up, though. <laughs> You've gotten up from, from the top. So just get get on up. Um, and it's kind of the same thing with Jeff Hardy. Come on, like, Micker, get up. Yeah, come on, Micker. Um, with Jeff Hardy, you know, it's like him falling, you know, from hanging on the cell through a table is basically akin to him, like, you know, spilling some milk on the floor and no, slipping on it. I, I felt the same way. I'm wearing, for those of you who can't see, I'm wearing a Hardy Boy shirt today. I have to, like, put it above the thing. But I was walking around with it. My, one of my coworkers said, like, oh, the Hardy Boys, I remember them. Like, did I see something online this weekend about Jeff Hardy getting injured from like falling off a cage and i had to be like well like he's done crazier things on the cage so you know i, I had to be like what are those where i was like that's not why he was actually he's he's done crazier you know so no but the ear spot though was like that, that what uh, oddly enough i know it was just putting a, a, a screwdriver in a hole was oddly uh, gross much more gross and a much I, more entertaining i have spot. to tell you there were moments when i was watching it where it was like Oh, dear God, like, Jeff Hardy agreed to, like, let his ear get ripped off. <laughs> I was like, it happened to Mick. He's trying to catch up to Mick Foley right now. <laughs> and, but so, but in we, regard- all thought, we all thought that he was going to jump up. He was going to do a swanton off the cell. Instead, he was going to rip a limb off. I, uh, I, in terms of Randy Orton watching it backstage in the, in the truck or whatever, like, it's kind of one of those things where I'm like, hey, doesn't he have the network? Does he need to go to the truck? Like you can literally – you I, have it on your phone. You can have the, I have the WWE Network on my phone. You yeah. can literally just pull it up very easily and quickly keep pushing that 10-second button too. There's, there's, you can just watch that on review on your phone very easily. There's parts of me where I don't like them referencing too much that there's a – I understand it's a TV show. That these are TV shows, that that's the way they're presented. As, oh, SmackDown is a TV show. Raw is a TV show. Um, but there's parts of me when they're just like when they get into like the technical matters of how the show is made, not even like the decisions of like who's going to wrestle, but it's like, hey, there's a production truck backstage and all this is filmed and it's all edited and there's a director back there who's calling for different cameras and everything like that. I don't really like that, but in this situation, I didn't mind as much because I think that Randy Orton plays a great creep. Well, it's funny. I as someone who like has worked in television, when I see the the production people, like the producers who are in the segments, and you're like, well, that guy clearly produced this segment. That's why he's in it for yeah. one second. But then, like, I think last, I, I want to say it was last night, New Day grabbed the the cult, like the production rundown sheet, and we're like, kind of like waving it around. I took it from the production guy. Someone did that, and I had the same feeling. I'm like, I don't like knowing. I don't like seeing. I, I like feeling like this is like a spontaneous thing, even though I know I'm supposed to know that it's a television show. I, so I get what you're saying in, in that regard. It's very like um, I'm trying to think. It's just like I don't know. It's just it breaks the third wall, the fourth wall, a little bit more than I prefer. Um, and but that having said, again, I think that 
Randy Orton plays a great creep, so I, I, in, in like I, I don't know. I didn't, I didn't mind it as much in this case. Well, so one thing he said in this segment, though, he said that uh, all of this will pale in comparison to what he does to his next victim. Yeah. Uh, for some reason, in my notes I have his newt victim, which is, no. doesn't make any sense. My newt victim. <laughs> my newt victim. No matter how lizardy he might be. <laughs> um, is a newt a lizard or an amphibian? I don't know. They both work. I don't know. I think it's a lizard. Yes. So, but but he clearly is setting up his next feud. But who do you think it's gonna be with? Who like who do you who could you see? Because because the whole thing that he's been trying to do is like his like he's legend killing again, kind of almost yeah. right. That was like kind of like the whole vibe here. Um, but then I like looked at the roster and there's not a lot of people that are like free to feud with Randy Orton right now. I don't know. Like, that's a good question. I'm like... I, the only person I could think of that, like, if he's trying to get rid of people that you know of really well, I think that's what the whole thing with Jeff Hardy was. Um, maybe, like, a Shelton Benjamin who's kind of just kind of, like, waiting around for yeah. something to do. Mm. They've got history together. They both were in OVW together. No, they they, yeah. they were... They, they, you know, now Shelton's back. He's not doing much. It's hard sometimes with people like that. Like, I mean, I... I'd largely forgotten about Shelton Benjamin. Yeah, they stopped using him a lot. Yeah, like it's like, you know, kind of similar to like Asuka where I was just like, oh, right. She has a job with them. Well, we're going to get to that. And I wa- I actually want to get you because you seem fired up about Asuka lately. So I do want to get your opinion on Asuka. And that's in a few segments. So we'll get to that because I want to hear. I, in terms of Randy Orton, though, I don't know. I think that this is a good opportunity for somebody to come after him. Ooh, I like that. And, and I think that that's what they should do because, like, like if you're struggling to think of somebody that Randy Orton can go after, they're probably struggling for somebody that he could go after. But the problem with that whole statement is that it's somebody he's going after. That's you know, my it, only problem with it, too, because if, if it's the other way, my, my what I would do, even though they're both kind of heels, is Harper. Harper's got nothing to do. He's yeah. waiting. or He's got a cool music. He's got a cool gimmick. Just give him something to do and do Harper versus Randy Orton. Yeah, I'd be down with that. Um, I'm trying to think of somebody else too, but it's just like I'm not. I'm telling you, I looked at the roster. It was not an easy pick for just. Well, the only other things that I'm trying to do is just think of like, well, what would be some good matches at least? And unfortunately, you know, there's part of me that feels like obviously that Orton could probably have some pretty killer matches with Styles and with with Samoa Joe as well too. But they're wrapped up with each other, so Mm -hmm. I I don't know. That's that's a tough one. Yeah, no, I I also I'm interested to see where that goes for, for that very reason. Now. Uh, we see Rusev again. Uh, Rusev doesn't have time to hear Lana out. Uh, ask Aiden <laughs> to join him ringside. Uh, so then Rusev versus Nakamura happens. Not a bad match. I thought it was a good match. You like the match? Decent match? Yeah, decent match. It was, I, I, there, you know, that, I think, honestly, this whole episode was very similar to that WCW Saturday Night vibe that we were talking yeah. about. Where, like, they were good matches from, <laughs> from strong workers that were not bad. At all. I mean, and they got increasingly longer. Like, I think AJ and Andrade went, like, 15 minutes. Yeah. This one was, like, 10 minutes. Yeah. Um, or maybe even a little longer, like, 12 minutes, something like that. Um, so so it wasn't bad. This is another one. I have a hard time believing that you put Nakamura and, and Rusev in a match, and they're going to have a bad match. Yeah. This wasn't anything that um, that was mind-blowing or, or anything that you had well, to it, see. it's hard whenever, you know, when you have, like, the segments that they did that precede it to look at the match as just a match to be able to expect anything to happen. Like, he knew something was going yeah. to happen. And that's the kind of the difficulty of it. He was, like, even whenever I saw, like, you know, Nakamura when he was, like, kind of pumping himself up over in the corner and everything, there was this part of me that was almost just, like, you know, when he was doing that, it, it almost felt, like, a little forced, um, and it, it reminded me kind of just like when HBK would start tuning up the band way too soon. And you'd be like, Sean, come on. You're <laughs> barely stomping your foot right now. I know you're not going to go for Sweet Chin music. Yeah, no, I could definitely see that. Um, I, and I think I was the same with you. I was just waiting for something to happen. Because honestly, I've been so ready for the next stage of Rusev Day, wherever they're going with this, yeah. that – I'm glad something finally happened, which happened after the match. Uh, you know, the match ends with Aiden distracting Rusev on the mic. He he tells him to crush like Lana does. Rusev's all like confused because oh, it's Lana who tells me to crush, which is like it was a weird reason to get that confused. Yeah. Um, also, I feel like Rusev should have given his wife the time of day prior to the match. Yeah, yeah, very rude. Hey, super rude. Like that's your wife. You don't have time for your wife to tell you something important. Like she says, she has something important to tell you. Just yeah. like take her time. Like hey, please, I need to tell you something. I don't have time for that. Like, I you know, have to go wrestle. There was a full like commercial break. <laughs> yeah. You couldn't take time in that 
commercial break. Do you think over the course of the commercial break, he was like, what did I tell? Lana, Lana, no, Lana. No time. No time. I need to talk about my intro with, with Aiden yeah, English. We need to talk about this for three minutes. <laughs> um, so then uh, Rusev loses. He gets the, you know, uh, Nakamura rolls him up after the match. Standing there looking confused, turns around. Aiden hits him with the microphone from behind, beats him up, stands over him, says happy Rusev Day, walks out. Finally get the breakup nice. of Rusev Day. What would you think about it? Um, I thought it was decently done you know like i i'm i'm glad that they're that they're doing something with it too you know like oh, the the worst thing that could happen to to rusev day is is for it to grow old like i mean you know i i reference the 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 yes chant as something that's just like all right we tired of it you, you, oh yeah i've been i've been tired of it for a long time how long Pretty much since Daniel Bryan was forced to retire from the ring. Interesting. I, I just feel like it was one of those things that people it was like, like a moment people that... like to do it. It was a movement. You know, like yeah. people were really into it at a certain point. But you get to a point to where people who are in the crowd are happy to chant along with it. But people watching at home are just like, I've seen this. Like when Fandangoing went out of style kind yeah. of a thing. But yeah. like a little even, bit more important. Or even than that. like whenever you know, not to continue to draw things back to WCW, but when they would bring Michael Buffer to Nitro every week, it was like, hey, him saying let's get ready to, get ready to rumble might be fun for the crowd, but I'm switching back over to Raw the second that I see him start to do that announcement because I just don't care anymore. Michael Buffer would make you switch the channel? I just – they did it every week. <laughs> How many times can I hear him say that where it's just like – it's not – like this is just normal now. He's no different than the Fink at a certain point because they have him there every week. So what's special about it? There's no attraction to Michael Buffer if he's saying let's get ready to rumble every single time. And it's like, you know, the Giant versus Kevin Nash. I'm just like, no, that's not like this. Is, where's Carl Malone? You I bring him out for Carl Malone and Dennis Rodman, but not for <laughs> Kevin Nash and the Giant. I just love how smart you've been your whole life. That that, that made you change there. Fuck Michael Buffer. Like... Me and my brother hated Michael Buffer. <laughs> We'd be like, this is classic WCW. They're so not creative. And then we'd switch over to Raw, and it's like, it's Naked Midian. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so next was uh, AJ Styles. Or oh, actually, no, wait, I'm sorry. I don't want to surpass that yet, because I want to say one more thing about this. I'm sorry. I, I forgot to mention one other thing. So um, with this Aiden English stuff, uh, I saw X-Pac tweet about how he thinks there's a lot of upward mobility, I believe is the words he used mm -hmm. for Aiden English, and that he saw a lot of potential in Aiden English, and he was happy with this split. Um, and that's something that I, I... I don't know if I've personally ever... As much as like Aiden English, the, the, the person, whatever his real name yeah. is, seems like a nice guy, and as much as the, the character I've liked at certain points in time, yeah. I don't necessarily see a lot of... Uh, Upward mobility in terms mm. of Vince ever. He looks a lot like Cesaro. Yeah, and Cesaro is by far a, a better wrestler. And, and no knock on Aiden English; they're both great wrestlers. Yeah. But I mean, like Cesaro is a special talent. Yeah, and if anyone's going to get that push, I would think it would be Cesaro. Yeah, they look so, and they look so you know similar. Even though I will say that I think that Aiden English has. Way more charisma. Like, I wish you could somehow <laughs> station them from, from Bill the, and Ted's Excellent Adventure. The, the only way – like, I, I actually I, – I agree with an asterisk uh, in his upward mobility. I, one of the things that they that they drop the ball with on occasion – I don't want to say all the time because I can't name a billion times. But they'll, let, they'll kind of have them doing the same thing. They'll let them continue doing the same thing that got them over even if it's detached from the direction that they're headed. Um, when I was looking at a picture uh, of Aiden English uh, today, the, the dude's in great shape. This is true. And there's – for some reason, he reminded me of Dennis Reynolds from It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. Okay. A little bit. Just the way he's like, oh, he's like, he popped the shirt off. You know, like, I mean, like – If he had, like, hair, like, I could see that. And yeah. there was part of me that, that – and maybe that was just my desire to be like, that would be great if he played, like, a sadistic, you know, a sociopath or something like that where he wasn't – and maybe it wasn't so much to be, like, Dennis, but it was more just like, don't just keep doing the same thing that got you over right now because now it's kind of detached and I can see if they do it for a little bit 
But I think for in order for him to to really have upward mobility, I think he's got to detach from the character that he's been, and he's got to become kind of his own person now too. That's the, you know. So you think like stopping with the rap when he comes how, out? How how long can he do it? You know, because because the, the thing was is like it got over because it was like up. It was in it was in support of Rusev, and it was so ridiculous. Yeah, because it, it, in my opinion, I don't think his rapping was ever the part that was over. It no. was just chanting for Rusev Day. For sure, me too. I I 100 percent agree the fact with that. that. Rusev Day was every day because otherwise, a fun thing. otherwise it's it's very similar. You know, no, no disintended to this, but but. You know, it was a very much the genius Lanny Poffo type of, of, of scenario where, you know, where he's doing something that that jived, you know, kind of like, you know, elbows the crowd in the ribs a little bit. But it's not something that you can stay over with. There's no substance to it. It's it's a, it's too one off gimmicky. And so I do hope that he, you know, in this split and, and I obviously it'll take some time to distance himself from Rusev. But I do hope that he gets some distance and can be his own person rather than just an extension of what he was. Because I know that Roke and I were kind of talking on here for the past few weeks about, you know, ways to kind of move forward with this. And we kind of had we had originally liked the idea of sorry, not Rusev, of Aiden English kind of going to other heels and glomming on them being yeah. their singer for a while. But I agree with you. That really only has so much shelf life. Well, and the thing is, is that they're not going to do that right away. They're not going to do that till he – and the only way that they would do that too is if he goes through this feud with Rusev and comes out on the on the losing side of it too. That's the only way he's going to attach himself to other big stars. Which if, he better come out the losing end of this. Rusev is by far the talent I mean who I I needs to move forward. I, I could see I I mean I'm pretty sure that's what's gonna happen. Yeah, I mean, if I mean Rusev needs to be moving up the card. And yeah. I hate that he's been saddled in a tag team for as long as he I'm, has. I'm shocked that he that he hasn't moved up the card more. I mean it's like he's obviously amazing. He's hilarious. He's got Lana. I mean like there's so many positives about Rusev. Okay. So we got we, we're running out of time sure, here, sure, so sure. let's move because you gotta get back to work. But um so we got AJ versus Andrade. Um, I really don't think there's a lot to say because this is a great match. Yeah. It was a great match. Yeah. Uh, this, if if you are going to go watch a match on SmackDown, this is the one to go watch. Um, I don't know why you would only watch one match on SmackDown and then stop watching, but yeah. if that's your thing, this would be the one to do it. Um, the ending was awesome, though. Yeah. Th- that crazy, like, Styles clashing where he, like, rolled, th- he got, you know, Andrade put him in the hammerlock DDT. He rolled, AJ rolled out of it. And then rolled back up basically and had him in the Styles Clash. Super, super inventive. Yeah. I thought, just when you think you've seen him get people into the Styles Clash in every way imaginable, he does another one that you're just like, man, that was freaking cool. Yeah. No, they've had some great matches together. I think it's time maybe to like separate them for a little bit because they have been kind of spending a lot of time with each other. Um, and it's time to give Andrade something of, of more substance as well. Yeah, I honestly think they need to give Andrade the U.S. title. I think that it will do more for him than, it, than it's currently doing for uh, Nakamura. Yeah. I think that you know, but at the same time, I like that. I feel like by by Andrade being paired with guys like AJ Styles, Daniel Bryan, The Miz, it shows what WWE thinks about his yeah. skill and and where he. Um, could stand in the future. Yeah. So, so I, I, I like that a lot. Um, then we go, okay, so then we had the Iconics. They make fun of, you know, their weekly make fun of town segment. Um, and then Billy Kay versus Asuka. Uh, not much here. Ends in a few minutes. Asuka gets the win. But you have been in the group text uh, very fired up about, about Asuka. So you're unhappy with where she's at I right just now. don't like when, like, <sighs> and this is nothing new what I'm about to say here. But Asuka had so much momentum at the beginning of this year. And, like, if you ask me what she's really done since she lost to Charlotte at WrestleMania, it, I'd be hard-pressed to tell you a lot about it. Just because not so much that she didn't or that, you know, like, that she didn't that, – that that there's not a long list of, of, of feuds and different things. But it just feels like there's been – she was just so high up the card. And then now to see where she's at and everything, it's like, damn, are they just done with her? Like, are they just like, are they just like filling the space with Oscar right now? Because that feels like such a shame. She was such a killer, you know, at the beginning of the year, and losing that match against Charlotte. Now, I'm not even opposed necessarily to the fact that she lost it, but everything they've done to follow up with her has just been to like turn her into like a WWE character and not just like her own badass too. So there's parts of me that are just like I I don't like them just WWEing her, making you know? her fun. 
sponge. She's like doing jokey things with Naomi. You know, Oscar's all about having fun. It's like, no, she's not. Like, I, I don't need, I don't need some like cookie cutter explanation for Oscar. You know, it's like not only is she good at kicking butt, but she's also good at kicking back with her friends. It's just like, <laughs> no, no, I don't like that. Well, I, I completely understand your point. I mean, I will say that I have been entertained by some of the things that she's been doing. Like. I, I got a kick last week out of that segment that a lot of people seem to hate uh, with a passion. People came between me calling it like a racist segment, the one where uh, Asuka and, and Naomi were talking backstage, and uh, she said, like, you know what? You got the glow, girl. And she was like, glow? What's glow? And then she was like, glow, you know? And then Asuka said glow in Japanese, and then it sounded kind of like the word teriyaki, and then she was like, teriyaki? You hungry? Like, I can get behind that. You know, they, they have like a whole I was not, I, I thought it was hilarious. It made me that a lot of people seem to have the exact opposite reaction where they I, were like, "Hey, I, I screw think, this." I think it's just one of those reactions that people are are grasping to that side of the reaction because they're just bummed at what they're doing. With yeah, I, I completely. I don't think people I, I understand that completely. But what? Okay, I, at the same time, though, I feel like you can't be strong. The, the, the on top strongest person forever like that, you yeah. know. And if they're giving her a little break. To, like, we had this, you know, years-long winning streak or whatever it was. It was a very long winning streak. Um, I feel like, you know, let her have some fun. And then when she is like, you know, like, we need her again. It's not like she can't turn it on and no, be that and, and, and you're And you're right about that because Becky Lynch was doing nothing for a chunk of time. Which and is a great segue into this the, the segment that came after that, which is the coronation ceremony. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, I'm interested because I think it directly uh, goes into what you were saying here, uh, where you were going to talk about here, is that, you know, um, this whole thing was definitely designed to try to make Becky Lynch look like a bitch, right? Yeah. Like, this was... Hey, it's, I not, know, it's not working, though. <laughs> it's Man, you know what the problem is, though? And I, I know that I seem to always be on the opposite side here, but... It, and maybe I just I like the storyline or something. I don't know. I don't know what it is. And I'm just I don't mind. I don't mind the storyline at I this point. It did work like that's why I was kind of confused. Well, I think I think I, I honestly felt like you know there's some people who boo Roman Reigns and who booed John Cena just because they saw it done on TV yeah. before. Don't dislike him. Probably enjoy his matches. Have talked. Have said things about him. Yeah. But you boo him because it was what everyone else is doing. You can't. I, you suck when Kurt Angle's coming out. Exactly. I honestly feel like that's what's going on here because like. I was like watching, thinking like she was literally trying to make her best. Friend. She was trying to embarrass Charlotte. Yeah, you can't be behind that. Like even Stone Cold Anti Hero, I don't think was like doing that to other good guys. Yeah, and I, and I know that some people don't view Charlotte as a good guy, which is I think the disconnect between me and others because I don't look at Charlotte and go, "Oh, she got everything handed to her." Like fuck Charlotte. Like she's just there because she's yeah. Ric Flair's daughter. Like she's. Good wrestler. Like, she botches the moonsault, but everything else she's good at. Like, you know? Um, so, yeah, I don't know. You know, like, I, I think that, you know, when it comes to somebody like Charlotte Flair, I I, I can understand why people don't want to cheer her as much, too. And I kind of, honestly, look at it like Ric Flair. People might cheer Ric Flair right now, and they might have really enjoyed Ric Flair a lot. But Ric Flair was a heel almost the entire time, almost his entire career. Up until pretty much, you know, he split from Evolution and, and various chunks in WCW and stuff like that. But he was a heel and he played it well and everything like that. And the re- and 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 Charlotte's, you know, not like her dad in, in many ways. Charlotte is a, um, I well maybe she's a lot like him. I was gonna say like you know Charlotte doesn't rely on like the same you know moves that Ric Flair did and didn't go into some of the same patterns that Ric Flair did, but she kind of does though yeah. too. And so I think that there's a want of people to view her as as you know as a heel because of her connection to Ric Flair yeah and also because she's great she's she, she is better she's as a, a heel she's a phenomenal athlete she's big too you know what my problem is is that I do you know because I'm always on social media I do look at her and think like she's a good role model like yeah. you know like she was in a place in her life where maybe you know she was kind of just like Going day by day, and a bad thing happened to her. Like, she dealt with a horrible loss, and it made her change everything in her life. And now she's, like, someone that you can look up to. Yeah. You know, like, she is, you know, like, everyone has their stumbles along the way. Everyone has, you know, like, things. But I do think that she is someone that young girls can look up to. Yeah. Um, and 
Ric Flair was not that for guys. Rick, people loved Ric Flair. Ric Flair was, you know, a great wrestler, but he was nobody's I no no one's role model. He no. was maybe he's, idol, but uh, never a role model. He's still not. <laughs> exactly. Do so, not kiss your wife the way that Ric Flair did at his own wedding, <laughs> at his most recent wedding. Maybe do it behind closed doors like that, but yeah. you know, not when you know every single news outlet is going to catch it and share uh, it, and then it becomes a meme. But <laughs> uh, but. but uh, I do understand what you're saying about that. I think it's maybe just me. I look at her, oh, I wouldn't mind my daughter looking up at, to her. At this point, though, like, I, I kind of agree with you. It's like, I think that there, I, 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 I was literally thought about you last night while I was watching because I was like, yeah, Ryan was right. You know, like, we, it is one of those things where it's like, give it some time to let them see where they're going with it. You know, a lot of people in this day and age complain about wrestling because they're like, oh, everything is just so forced. It happens so quickly and everything like that. And yet here's a situation where it's not happening quickly, where it's slowly unfolding and everybody's complaining about how – like that it's not going the way they immediately want it to and everything. Stone Cold Steve Austin didn't happen overnight. Stone Cold Steve Austin happened slowly. Even after he said – you know, gave the Austin 316 speech at King of the Ring 1996 – he didn't become a full-fledged, you know, quote-unquote good guy, you know, anti-hero until about a year later, actually, too. Like, even like even as, you know, when they say, like, oh, when, you know, Bret and, and Stone Cold changed places at WrestleMania 13, I, I understand that that's the revisionist history of it. But if you go back and watch a lot of those episodes of, of Raw that took place around then and at, right after then, it wasn't like Stone Cold was just a great, like, some – immediate good guy and even there was a lot of periods of time where he wasn't just an immediate good guy he wasn't even he wasn't a good guy he was just you know beloved and everything so i think that it's playing out the way that they want it to uh with becky i think that i think it is going the direction that they want because at the end of the day the crowd is going to cheer who they want to and everything like that no amount of shoehorning of 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 a storyline or of a, of a, a perceived attitude or you know outlook of the characters and everything like that is going to change the public's mind they're choosing becky lynch in this case case and that doesn't mean necessarily that you that she's going to just be a good guy because of it yeah no i i completely agree with you even uh cody rhodes talking on twitter last night about how you know he doesn't believe that there's good guys or bad guys in wrestling anymore that you know it's the job of the wrestler to have a a well-developed character basically that will make the crowd react and react in a big way or or react in the way that you want um but that you know the heel or face thing is more defined by the person because people identify with different things as being bad or good. Yeah. And I think that's kind of where I am with the Charlotte situation where it's like I think I identify with certain things there because, like, my brother passed and then it changed yeah. things in me. It made me want to go for something that I cared about. So I think when I look at Charlotte, I go, like, oh, good person. But then other people go, like, oh, Ric Flair's daughter handed everything, yeah. like, given multiple title reigns. Let's they had her win every pay per view for fucking two years. So so I mean I also understand I understand that as well. Um, that's just me, you know. Yeah. Uh, but 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 I, I get the whole heel face. Yeah. I get what you were just saying. I, I think Becky's doing great. I think she's doing great too. I I really enjoyed this segment. Yeah. I like that. Uh, I think she's carrying the ball right now. Me like, too. Big time. I was majorly impressed by her last. I night. mean, she just looked. So much more confident when she came yeah. out with the title, when she was telling Charlotte to, that, oh, no, I actually want you to put the belt around my waist. Actually, no, I want you to call me queen. Like, Because yeah. honestly, the queen one was the first time where I was like, this whole time I've been like, well, but Becky is beating up her friend. And you know, Charlotte never did anything to her. And that queen line was the first time where I thought to myself on the other side for the, se- the, other side, yeah. for the finally. And I said to, I said to myself, you know, if my best friend was always calling himself the king – and we were in the same profession, it would probably piss me the fuck off, too, yeah. where I'd be like, yeah, fuck you. Like, I'm, I the, I'm the fucking king. You'd hate As- to work with me, by the way. Because <laughs> <laughs> everybody in my work calls me King Bates. King Bates. Uh, yeah, well, uh, speaking of you getting back to work, I'm going to let you get back to work here. Right. I, know, I know we're pressed for time, but uh, uh, where can people find you on social media? Uh, you can find me on Twitter, at Elijah Bates. You can find me on Instagram, at Brindlebeer. And you can also find him every week on Wrestling Sheet Radio with me and Jamie Ivey. And I'm pointing like he's there, but he's not. Uh, we're on Wrestling Sheet Radio every week. It's Friday uh, on the podcast feed, Friday on the YouTube channel. You can see the video or the audio, whatever you'd like. Uh, I'm at Ryan Satin on social media. It's ProWrestlingSheet.com, at Wrestling Sheet on social media if you want to follow the website. Uh, like I said, there's a YouTube channel, youtube.com slash C slash wrestling sheet. If you're watching this 
Uh, this isn't directed to you, obviously, but if you're not, if you're listening to this, go to the YouTube channel. A uh, bunch of content on there, news updates, uh, lists, recap shows. Normally, it's Roke and myself, but you get you got Elijah this week. Uh, and if you're watching this, the, you're watching the YouTube channel, on the audio side of things, on the Wrestling Sheet radio feed, there are shows available that aren't here. There's a Top 5 with James and our former co-host, Kevin Silva. Uh, there's also Best of the Rest, where they talk about different indie promotions and things of that nature. So please go there, subscribe, leave a rating, leave a review. It helps very, very much. Okay, that's it. We're done. Officially tapping out for now. Until next time, stay out of the dirt and keep your eye on the sheet. Napa Know How. Get all the quality parts you need at your locally owned Napa. Because right now, when you order from Napa online, you can pick up curbside at your local store in just 30 minutes. Or get your order delivered direct to your door with free one-day shipping and over 160,000 quality parts when you spend $35 or more. Quality parts delivered quickly and safely. That's Napa know-how. Napa know-how. At participating stores, standard ground shipping and exclusions apply. It's that little Chico Pit Bull, Mr. 305, better said Mr. Worldwide, and I'm here to tell you about my new podcast, From Negative to Positive, brought to you by my friends over at State Farm. I believe that to have success, you got to play the game, so that the game doesn't play you. You know, the biggest risk you take is not taking one. It's very important that you make sure that you make the most out of your money, especially when it comes to insurance. State Farm offers surprisingly great rates. They have great agents standing by helping you personalize your coverage. All this is backed up by award-winning, easy-to-use technology. It's a great price with an even greater service. When you want the real deal, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. 